Turn your great idea into a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easier than ever to launch your passion project. Whether you're showcasing your work or selling products of any kind, with beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything, you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. And if you get stuck, Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help. So check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. And the offer code is IMPROVE for 10% off. You're listening to Latitude Photography Podcast, where we talk about all things related to travel and landscape photography. As I release this episode, we here in the U.S. are getting ready to celebrate Independence Day. So happy 4th of July to all of you out there. And I'm told that the British call it Thanksgiving Day. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and for joining me today. And thanks for hitting that subscribe button and telling your friends about the show. I really appreciate it. And speaking of the show, here we go. Welcome back to Latitude Photography Podcast, where we talk about all things related to travel and landscape photography. Joining me today is Brian Pex. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brent. Long time no see. Yeah, a couple of weeks anyway, huh? You were yeah. actually in this area, which is amazing. Yes. No one travels yep. to Walla Walla, <laughs> seemingly. Well, you know what? I think I want to be back, though, because that uh, it was a very nice experience out there. Totally different from southern New England. That oh, is yes. Sure. That is so true. So before we dive too much into your experience out here, tell us a little bit about yourself and your photography. OK, well, it's pretty brief. My photography career or lack of career, I should say. Uh, sure. I, I picked up uh, photography back in the beginning of 2015, believe it or not, hmm. uh, a little more little more than three years ago wow I, yeah i uh went you know i, I think it used to be called uh classes on i think jim offered it, it was I think, photography photo school online whatever it was back then and uh you know i got into that and while i was going through those courses i obviously there's so much content online and i just quickly became obsessed with the uh the whole everything about it and uh very, very rapidly, I was able to uh, get pretty, pretty decent results. And uh, and what one of the things that spurred me right away is I posted a few images on local websites. Yeah. I mean, local Facebook pages. Okay. And I and I actually had a few people that wanted to purchase, and I was like, wow, this is pretty easy. So you know that <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing right away. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. just I'm just one of these obsessive people. So I was up till three o'clock in the morning just wow. Photoshop stuff. Just it just so it's been a fun three years, and I've been able to travel around and uh, been to some locations that I probably would have never been. As a matter of fact, out there at the Walla Wall, I would have never been had it not been for photography. So, uh, yeah, for sure. it's a really nice, great three years so, it, so far. It's amazing the great places our cameras can take us is kind of how I put it sometimes. Yes, Cause, exactly. you know, I know you've been to lots of other places, whether it's in the States or, or maybe some international locations, but... Without my camera, I wouldn't have had a reason to go to India or Ireland or some of these other great places, Croatia twice. So it's, um, you know, it gives us a certain reason and a certain purpose for, for getting out there and a certain purpose for being. And it's it's a great hobby for many and it's a great profession for some. And so that's that's great. Uh, 
you uh, you said you live in uh, Southeast New England, so I presume you've born and raised there, and uh, that's that's pretty much your your stomping grounds. Yes, exactly. I was uh, raised in Rhode Island, a little uh, town called Tiverton, Rhode Island. Okay. I currently currently live in Middleborough, Massachusetts, which is about 35, 40 minutes south of Boston. Okay. So I've got access to some nice cityscape, but I don't have the rolling large landscapes right. that I was introduced to out in Washington. It's just completely different, totally different scene than I'm used to. And it's, you know, like uh, Nick, I was out there on one of the uh, Nick Page's workshops sure. and, uh, you know, you go out there and you, you think, well, you know, I've got some big, nice landscapes around here. If I go down to uh, this one town in uh, Rhode Island, Little Compton, it's got the vineyards. Uh-huh. But then when you get out to Washington, I'm like, wow, this is like completely <laughs> different. It's like, but I, what my point of bringing up Nick was, uh, he says, you know, after he's done three weeks of continuous. Yeah. Uh, he, he's completely worn out in the area. And, yeah. you know, by the end of the week, I, I thought to myself, I can see why. Not that I was worn out on it, but it's Green Hills and mm-hmm. Green Hills and Green Hills. It's unbelievable as far as you can possibly see it's insane yes and yeah i think now he starts all of his workshops on a monday and ends on a friday and he does that three weeks in a row and that's just that takes it out of you number one just because of all that you know running around with people and and the like but um it is kind of neat too that's a unique perspective because that green actually changes a little bit from one week to the next and so to be able to witness the that subtle change would be an awesome thing to see I have a friend actually that lives just north of a couple miles uh, of Colfax, which is right mm-hmm. there in the middle of the Palouse. Yes. And yes, exactly. I just, whenever I visit him, it's only been a couple of times. I was like, so jealous. He's, he lives right in the middle of farmland. It's just like, that's just amazing. But let's go ahead and just jump into talking about your trip. You, uh, you flew out here from, from Boston to, to Seattle. And then you went from Seattle to Walla Walla. Getting off the plane in Walla Walla, walk us through a little bit of your your um, perceptions and how things went for you and, and all that. Okay, first of all, it's unbelievable. Walla Walla Airport is like the dream airport. Yes, for- <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. A, you know, I went from a big city airport, Boston, and then you go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had a long layover and I made a day of it. I had that planned in Seattle, had a good time with a few people there. Oh, yeah. It's so, a great place to have a layover yeah. for sure. I love it. Yeah. It totally made the day out of it. That was part of the itinerary. So anyway, when I finally get to Walla Walla, it was too late, number one, to get a uh, rental because it's a... But what I didn't realize how small this airport was. <laughs> when I went on Uber to get a ride to my hotel, which wasn't that far away, but I had you know, I had my camera bag plus a check bag, so I wasn't about to walk the mile and a half. I literally went outside and I heard this old woman, Brian, Brian, that was the only Uber driver outside of the airport. It was unbelievable. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And she quickly drove me away. So, I mean, that that airport blows my mind. It's the size. The inside of the airport is the size of a school cafeteria. Yeah, you have you have the check, you know, the the, uh, luggage carousel, your rental car agencies uh, right there. And then you have the TSA all within. I mean, it's unbelievable. You can you could throw a baseball the entire length of the. Uh, oh, easily. Oh, easily. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you come into a major airport and you're just all. OK, I've got to find out where my bags are going to be. And you're walking, it seems like a mile. And if you're in Frankfurt, it probably is a mile. And um, 
then it's, you know, you got 20 or 30 different carousels that the, the baggage is coming out on. And, you know, here we got mm-hmm. one and yeah. it's almost like a quarter size baggage carousel. So nice and small. And, you know, we got three flights a day. So what else, yep. you know, what else do you need? So. So you, you got up to the Palouse area. You were uh, on a workshop with Nick. And uh, so you got up to the Palouse area. And tell us about, you know, just the the landscape, the shooting, the subject matter, maybe some gear that you were using. Yeah, well, uh, the first thing, the uh, day that I was going to go meet them at the hotel for the first, uh, you know, get together. Sure. Nick had told me specifically through a uh, uh, Facebook chat to go down a certain road. And it literally looked like the old uh, Windows XP Bliss yeah. uh, wallpaper with that green uh, rolling field to the blue sky. I never mm-hmm. knew that that was wheat back then. I just thought it was just some, grass or whatever. Sure. Yeah, really green grass. So anyway, I get out there and, uh, you know, we met up and then we st- started shooting. And one of the first things that became very apparent to me was the need for a speaking of uh, equipment. Sure. Is a pol- polarizing filter. Sure. A, a polarizer. And, you know, I have the uh, Tamron 15 to 30 for my wide angle mm-hmm. zoom. So I have that big uh, boxy filter set up, which is kind of a pain to get, you know, uh, to, to use in the field. But I use it with all of my uh, I have the step down kit so I can use it for like with the 70 to 200. Right. And uh, anyway, but my main point is how important it is to have a circular polarizer because, you know, some of the people that were there were like, well, we can maybe get away with using the dehaze filter. And that might be OK. But optically, there's nothing that's going to replace a circular polarizer in a situation like that where you have haze. I mean, the, a lot of these images were, you know, the rolling hills where the sky isn't even involved. Right. So you're kind of zooming in with your 70 to 200. Yes. And exactly. you're looking to, uh, so we're not even dealing with polarizer for the sky because, you know, nope. you mentioned your, your, what is it, 15 to 35? Yeah. And a lot of people will, will argue and say, and, and I, for many shots, it would be one of them. I actually have come to the point where I don't like my polarizer on a wide angle just because of what it does exactly. in the sky. And yeah. you're talking about those zooming in. So you're talking about maybe getting up on top of one of those hills and zooming in and mm-hmm. figuring your polarizer out there so you can emphasize the beauty of those hills and, and what's going on there. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I totally agree with the wide angle. You don't even have to be out there to realize it. No, yeah. It's just, it's just something with a, uh, I, I don't know what the sweet spot would be for the focal length where the, where the polarizer becomes, you know, not problematic. Because right. you're going to have those weird areas in the sky when you're using a polarizer. Yeah, for sure. So but, tell us about, you know, some of the other items. Did you, beyond wheat, what other, what other uh, crops did you see there? Well, they had uh, wheat. Well, obviously wheat and more wheat and wheat, wheat. But they oh, had yes. some uh, pea fields, I guess it was, sure. they had out there. And uh, it was pretty interesting just to learn about the way they irrigate the fields, how they have those different bands, how those are not farmed. Yeah, the and, crop rotation because of strip yeah. farming. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what they do for folks who are unfamiliar We've got, well, these hills are pretty large. They're probably in the neighborhood of, uh, from the base level where the road is, they probably will rise, I don't know, 600 to 800 feet. Mm -hmm. And then you can have several strips where they'll plant it either at different times. So you'll have one 
band that's uh, you know maybe on the bottom that might be bright green. Another band might be a different green because it was planted at a different time. And the upper band might be just plain dirt because they didn't plant it that season. So you can get some really interesting landscapes going just because, and you could have the same framing from year to year, but it'll be totally different because of different ways that they're, that they're planting in the, in the seasons for how they're planting it. Yep. And there's one thing that, you know, normally when we think of uh, landscape photography, many people think of wide angle lenses. Right. This is, this is a situation where I was feeling envious of people who had lenses that maybe one to 400. Exactly. Or even, or even two to 500. Nick actually, and there was another uh, guy that was out there with us. He had uh, the 150 to 600 millimeter yeah. lens. And I was thinking to myself, oh man, I, I, I want, I had lens envy big time right oh, there. No doubt. So what happened was Nick actually allowed me, he said, get an SD card, put it in my camera and use my lens because he has a Canon mount. I have Nikon, so I couldn't obviously sure. use his lens. But right there again, the polarizing, when I've got them back on the computer, there's just you just don't have that polarizing filter. Mm -hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, we actually put my square filter up when Nick was shooting one morning in front of his uh, 150 to 600. Okay. And the, and the difference that that makes, even just holding it by hand right against the, uh, you know, right against the hood. Yeah. On It's a nice flat hood. There's no... Uh, odd shape to it it's uh, it's night and day it's it's totally i can't emphasize enough how important a polarizing filter is for shots like that another one that comes to mind is uh tuscany that's a sure. similar type shot that is another example where you would totally 100 percent want to have a polarizer Absolutely. if you don't have one ready right for the trip but make sure that you have one that's the main thing no doubt. Yeah, because what it's going to do is it'll effectively enhance your contrast. It makes the yes. colors sing and become vibrant. And it's actually exciting to look at it. And that's, you know, I kind of resonate with what you were saying, because even with a polarizer, one time I was shooting and it was literally not just a normal kind of haze that you have, but it was almost overcast. And mm -hmm. so I, the, the polarizing was still limited. And so then I was able to, on one or two shots, put in a little bit of dehaze and I'm talking a little bit like maybe three or five on this dehaze setting and it was okay. But the problem I have with dehaze, I've seen other examples that people have posted in our Facebook group, the master photo Facebook group or wherever else. And that is, um, it can actually somehow, I don't, I wish I could describe it better, but it is not consistent in, from photo to photo in how it applies itself. You could have the exact same photo almost where you just, you know, took another shot because maybe your subject moved in your frame ever so slightly and everything else is the same. The exposure, the color, everything else is coming through the same, but it'll look like the, the uh, white balance has changed or something like that. And I've, I've had that be with very drastic uh, changes and I've seen some people with only very subtle changes where it's just a tiny amount. And they're looking at it and saying, all my settings between those two photos are exactly the same, but they just look different. Well, if you have dehaze set, that's probably the, your problem. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, actually one setting that I never use, period. I just never, ever use it. Yeah, once I saw it uh, screw up like that on one of my, several of my images, actually, it was um, a forest fire that I was shooting okay. here in the in the mountains uh, up beyond town here. Uh I was using it for something in, in the forest fire. And once I saw that screw up that way, I was just like, mm, yeah, and I just forget it. You know, I'm not going to mess yeah. with that because yep. it's just going to be frustration for me. So, you know, forget it. 
Yeah, Did exactly. you see any of the yellow fields? Bright uh, yes, yellow, uh, bright yellow stuff. Fact, you know what? I'm so glad you just reminded me of that because I have a few images that I have yet to process. I actually have quite a few of them. Tons awesome. of them. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, that's the uh, canola field, I believe we were told. Uh, Nick, uh, most of it, yeah, most of it's canola. And they actually, uh, several years ago, I don't know what they do now, but they were testing mustard. I remember I was out there shooting and this farmer drove up in his... Uh, little quad his four-wheeler mm-hmm. and we got to talking and uh i had assumed you know what did i know uh, yep. i'd assumed they were canola and he's like no this is mustard and i was like okay you know i just yeah. uh, another thing that silly we're growing you. yeah so exactly <laughs> and i mean it was gorgeous but that yep. bright vibrant yellow next to those rich vibrant greens you know it just yeah. Beautiful I mean, color contrast. Yes. You're in photographic heaven. It's just yeah, unbelievable. It's it's amazing, and it is exceedingly popular. How many other photographers did you see yeah. when you were out here? And you were here in late May. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Twenty uh, first yeah. to the twenty fifth was this specific workshop. Now, yeah. I have a funny story for you. As a matter of fact, yeah, go ahead. At the hotel <laughs> that we were staying at one afternoon when I was completely sleep deprived, dead tired. There were, I happened to see there was an Aperture Academy uh, van right sure. in the lot. Yeah, so I've I, seen them around. Yeah, so uh, obviously it's a very picturesque area this time of the year, so obviously they're just going to be out like anybody else. So I told Nick this, and I said, hey, look, our, your, our buddies are here. He goes, oh, those guys. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, now fast forward a couple of hours later, we went out shot some horses which was another ex- uh, unbelievable <laughs> event that was fun playing the uh radio with the horse sound so they would follow the truck it was unbelievable <laughs> and that's nick by the way driving back and forth playing yeah. horse whinny type sounds and whatever else that's what he's talking about there yeah i'm sorry yeah exactly it's just uh it's a little well, funny <laughs> a horse farm yeah he yeah. has his windows wide open plays his sound and i always wondered how he was able to get these photos of these horses running i'm like yeah. what's the chance that they how can you get these all the time now i know <laughs> that's right and they come back but, and forth and like what what but anyway we were uh talking about how popular the area is photographic wise so lo and behold we're driving down to go to uh, uh palouse falls one night for sunset sure. and sure enough that van aperture academy was right in front of nick's uh tahoe nice. i'm like oh my god and then she, all of a sudden nick takes this side road and then for the next 25 minutes maybe not 25 minutes it seemed like a lifetime actually because nick does not wait you're gonna follow <laughs> <laughs> we were going off road this dirt road and you can't see anything i mean there was dust it was fun uh, to be honest with you, it was the last night we were all together so we were off-roading it was but you know what we beat them there by one minute and awesome. we were able to get, we were able to get the prime spots. Nice. So that it was totally worth it. But yeah. So, that, that, so that you was, were probably 20 minutes to a half an hour away from Palouse Falls. And he was just like, nope, we're going to take this road. Yes. And exactly. just <laughs> went, went barreling through. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy There's, met him and he said, you beat me. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of those, lots of those farm roads that generally they're pretty well at this time of year. They're pretty fine to, to drive, but yeah, get getting upwards in the speed that, might be a little scary sometimes, but yeah, definitely fun. That's cool. One night so, we did get out to get some uh, lightning. Uh, yeah, cool shots. 
But the one thing is, is those those farm dirt roads, mm-hmm. they become extremely muddy. Sure. And thankfully, the other two cars that we were in in our little caravan, they were both all wheel drive. Otherwise, there was no way we were getting out of there. It was it, I almost, I got kind of scared. I'm like, we're not getting out of here. But luckily, we did. Awesome. Yeah, that they might have ruts and, you yeah. know, maybe some dips or something like that. Yeah, that can be scary. So talk to us, you, uh, I've seen one of your pictures of that lightning with the tree uh, mm. that's there, and just briefly describe that, and I think you were going to post that in the uh, Latitude Facebook group? Yes, definitely. I'll definitely do that awesome. right after uh, we get off this uh, little session here. Yeah, that was, uh, hmm, let's say it took, if I were at home, I would have never done this, but, you know, right. Nick, Nick sent me a text. You're out here. This is probably going to be a little more fruitful than the sunrise. And I literally just put my head on the pillow yeah. 45 minutes away, completely sleep deprived. But Nick talked me into it and I mm-hmm. got up and, and on the way there, this, the lightning strikes that I saw, I was thinking to myself, why am I driving to my death right now? <laughs> <laughs> But we got there. There was this nice tree that, as a matter of fact, we actually went back to that same tree in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you know that after storms, usually you get some pretty good color in the sky. Of course, which, yeah. Which, which actually ended up ha- happening. So we've got we got some nice lightning, and also that same tree in the morning. Uh, the nice after I should say post storm color colors in the sky. So awesome. it worked out nice after good. two hours of sleep, forty five oh. minutes away. <laughs> it oh. was tough. Yeah, that that does get rough because it can be hard to be creative when yes. you're so sleep deprived as well. Yes, exactly. So, did you guys did you see any of the like stop in any of the small towns and photograph anything in the towns, or how how did that was it just purely the landscapes that you focused on? Uh, a lot of landscapes. We did a few little stops. Uh, well, there was one afternoon where we weren't all getting together, and uh, Nick gave us few different locations that if you wanted to, instead of going back, because what happened was the, uh, the afternoons basically became nap sessions. Right. I I mean, I went back to that. You don't realize how much an hour and a half can help you. Oh yeah. When you don't have any sleep. And, uh, but you know, when you're out there, it's all about photography, getting the Mm -hmm. shots. So, but, uh, there were a few little things here and there we got off the side. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Good. Uh, yeah, there's a wheel fence in the town of Union, and that's one. I was wondering if you had gotten to that at all. That's just north, I think, of of Pullman. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's where my hotel was in Pullman. But okay. that was one of those uh, uh, afternoons where, if I didn't get sleep, I was probably going to pass out and die. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> and then, of course, you probably spent a couple of times on Steptoe Butte. Yes, definitely. We then uh, went there probably two or three times. As a matter yeah. of fact. Did Beautiful. you go there for the morning as well or just the evenings? Uh, yeah, we went for a morning and then also twice at night. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. That, that, that like That's a perfect example right there. I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but you have to go there with a polarizer. Yeah. If fans or buts about it. So for listeners who haven't understood they don't know what the Palouse necessarily is we don't we understand it's rolling hills wheat mm-hmm. as far as the eye can see tell us why Steptoe Butte is so special well number one you're elevated you know it's a uh, winding road that'll bring you to uh higher elevation wise so you can mm-hmm. look look down on the uh the uh wheat fields 
that are far as you can see. And, you know, because you can go on different sides of it, you can get different uh, lights coming from the light coming from different angles. Uh, sunset, sunrise, and also we had a few times out there where the uh, crop dusters are flying by. Oh, yes. Yeah, and sometimes they come right over you. And I didn't realize when they come, we, well, this was a little bit lower down the road. Sure. That that actually has a taste to it, that stuff. <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best thing to be tasting. But uh, yeah, it's just a really, really nice area yeah. to get some uh, images. Like I've got a few panos I still have yet to put together. Okay. And I'm probably going to work on them right after this conference call. Not All conference right. Call. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. of the really cool things, there's another butte south of there. It's a, um, not a state park, but it's a county mm-hmm. park. It's called Kamiak Butte. And they, they have a camping place there as well. And a little bit of a picnic ground. Uh, the problem with that one is they close it at night. So you can't have the access that you can have on Steptoe. But uh-huh. the, the fields come a little closer to mm-hmm. Kamiak Butte and... Uh, whether you're on either one, uh, Steptoe or Kamiak, uh, what's really cool when those crop dusters come through, you can easily be above them. They yeah. fly so no low kid, to the really? ground, you can easily be above them. And to get that kind of shot where this airplane, usually they're bright yellow, yes. and this, this bright yellow airplane is going through in this wonderfully green, beautiful uh, field, and they're just kind of zooming through, and they're so predictable because they're flying a pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just shoot it over and over and over until you get it. So that's definitely something to to be thinking about as if you're going to travel to the area next summer or next spring, is to think about how how can you be prepared to get something like that with those those air, aircraft. Uh, it can be kind of tricky sometimes. Sometimes you just have to drive around until you see them. But yep. if it's if it's mid spring, like you were there mid spring, they're effectively guaranteed to fl- be flying. As a matter of fact, we were driving back one morning and there was a silo, a couple of silos on the side of the road, and all of a sudden, I mean, this plane, they they are literally a couple, like a few feet. You could probably jump up and hit the tire, no question. Oh, yeah. You'd break your hand and probably get killed. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But so we we immediately pulled over right there and we got some great shots. I mean. They, guys basically coming right at you and those guys have to be extremely good pilots to, to fly the way they do it's amazing no doubt they it's it's risky and you know they're just fighting with um, not only the hills but the power lines but oh man they do some great they make some great for some great photos mm-hmm. it's also kind of nice too if you can somehow position yourself to where you're not going to taste their spray but you can still get directly behind them uh, mm-hmm. that just makes, you know, to watch the, the, the air as, as the, the air washes over the wings and it affects the spray that they're doing. You have these little vortices that are potentially going to be there if they're not too low to the ground. That can be a pretty nice shot too. Um, so lots of good options there when you're, when you're in the Palouse, whether it's just the yeah. basic landscape or you're getting those, those, um, those, are the, the planes are a test, like yeah. technique, technique wise, they're really a test because first of all, you want to, <clears> you know, pan to catch sure. where it's sharp yet you still want to have you don't want to have a frozen propeller on the front of the plane mm-hmm. so it's tricky you know the your shutter speed you really have to that's uh, a good point yeah i had quite a few images that you know they look good on the camera but when you bring them into lightroom boy they're kind of soft and there's nothing you can do to really fix that at all yeah, you know yeah. only really, it's tough it's a little it's a little tricky 
Yeah, and then if you magnify it with a 600 lens, like uh, or 500 or whatever, like some of your other people had, that yep. just makes it even more important to pay attention to your technique and really hone it in and practice. I know when I first got my 150 to 600, I'm all you know just out there casually, sort of whatever. My attitude is casual, I should say, and. Yep. I get home and my shots just stink. And I was like, man, you know, <laughs> well, it's my first yeah. time with a 600. So it's <laughs> like, you, you know, if you're, if you're creating some photographic sins, this is going to show them. So you got to be careful sure. with how you're yeah. doing that and how you're handling that. Absolutely. Even though it has image stabilization. Yep. And those, the image stabilization and the uh, 150 to 600 works extremely well also. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easier than ever to launch your passion project. Whether you're looking to start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more, Squarespace is the tool for you. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks, you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. Squarespace's powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online, and analytics help you grow your site in real time. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, and there's nothing to patch or upgrade, ever. Buying domains is also simple, and you'll get the help you need with Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support. Squarespace empowers millions of people, from designers and lawyers, artists and gamers, even restaurants and gyms, to turn great ideas into something real. So check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Offer code IMPROVE for 10% off. So tell me, uh, probably most of your shots, you're mounting on a tripod. Yes, yes. Very and well. what kind of tripod do you use? And uh, you probably do you use the regular rubber feet. Do you have anything else uh, that you use for the feet for that? Well, for this particular trip, just the uh, regular rubber feet was was fine. Was plenty okay. fine. I use an Enduro uh, Stealth 304L. Oh, sure. With a really right stuff beach 55 head. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a very, I, I, I love the tripod. It's very, it's well made. Extremely durable and uh, very easy to clean. And it's about Good. half half the price of the really right stuff. Tell me uh, about that BH55 head, though. Uh, yep. That's a pretty big head. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's nice and solid. Oh, yeah. That's a weapon, that thing. <laughs> I guess. Do you ever have problems? I'm just curious. Now, actually, you should tell me which uh, camera. You have a full-frame camera or is it a crop sensor? Yeah, I have the uh, D750, which is actually a light full-frame camera. Okay, uh, so kind of like the Canon 6D Mark II or something along those lines where it's not a, I wouldn't call it as heavy as the, the 5D4 or any, anything like that. Yeah, versus anyway. like a D810 or a yeah, that one's... D850, it's much lighter. It's a polycarbonate. It's not a fully magnesium body, so it's a lot sure. lighter. Sure. Yeah. Plastic, so, basically. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so, so it's not a super heavy uh, body, but um, nope. I guess I'm just curious. Do you ever have a problem like when you lock that that main knob down where it can still just kind of, you know, start to fall over or the, the, the lens camera, is it heavy enough to where it, or is it easy to lock it solid and it's locked in? No, oh, that the one thing I really like about that head, you know, it's, I, it's totally more than I need, but you know, when I buy things photography wise, I've made it a, 
uh, a motto of mine or, or a belief, I should say, a belief system sure. that when I buy something for, uh, for, for photography, it's a 10-year investment. You right. know? So I'm future-proofing myself in case down the road I get larger lenses or, you know, and then that locking knob specifically on the BH55 is completely over-engineered. It's this big hulk of a knob, but when you lock that down, there is not a pixel of movement in that. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Music to my ears. Yeah. Very, <laughs> the, the, very... Head, the head I'm using now is rated, I don't know, for 20-some odd pounds. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it is not an over-engineered knob, so to speak. And I feel like I'm having to just crank that puppy down uh, so it doesn't just suddenly like fall forward on me or whatever. If I were to subtly move the, the tripod a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, it might take it out of balance or whatever, and then it'll just, you know, fall that down until it reaches its, um, reaches the end there where it's going to fall. And it's just like, I don't know. I find that annoying. I, you know, I was like, I thought I locked that down. Apparently not. And it's just yeah, there's, there's a little no bit annoying. Movement. There is no movement with this thing. It's unbelievable. Good to know. Yeah. What about spikes? Do you ever use spikes on your tripod? It doesn't sound like you used them here uh, on this shoot, but do you ever yeah, use spikes? Not, not for this, uh, trip particularly but uh, i was out in uh Kauai, hawaii also with nick mm. a while back and we were at the uh you know obviously you're near the shores around there there's plenty of uh opportunity for some great wave motion you know seascapes yeah and uh before that trip it was highly advised to get some spikes and i'm so glad that i actually did because and you don't need the uh, in case you do have a really right stuff tripod you know I know a lot of people like to stay with the brand, but Desmond is a company that makes, you can find them on Amazon or B&H, probably Amazon for like uh, $20 for a set of three. Nice. They're great. They're about, I'd say two and a half, three inches long. And they for anything where you're in sand and there's moving water, you need them because if you just set your tripod down and you have any type of movement, your tripod's going to sink. Yeah. And it can sink pretty substantially and you're going to have a soft image. It's, Especially Point as is, more and more water comes, it's just going to yeah, happen. Exactly. You, it's not, it's, it's, again, like the polarizer filter for the Palouse, if you're going to be near water and in the water, you need the spikes. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a question if you can get away without them, you need them. But just make sure to clean your tripod because salt water is mm, nasty. It'll kill tripods. it. You yes, bet. it will. Yeah, there was, I used to have two Enduro tripods, actually. One of them went kind of south on me. Mm -hmm. And so got some replacement legs and um, so I figured, well, I'll keep that old set to be my ocean set, you know, where I'm shooting in the ocean. <laughs> and I did that once and I was like, nah, because basically, you know, I'm thinking they all, they're already replaced. I can just not worry about cleaning it. Oh, well, boy. I did it once and that was, that was all I could do because it was just so bad and yeah. it got so frustrating to use it. So just take care of your gear and you know, it'll take care of you. So I, I guess that's what we should do. Yeah. That week we literally had a uh, pipe, uh, pie trod, pie, uh, tripod, <laughs> tripod cleaning parties by the pool at the hotel because oh, fantastic. You, you could not use them. They're unusable. The locks yeah. do not work. I don't care if it's a $1,500 really right stop. Yeah. Top of the line tripod. It will fail when you get all that grit. Uh, it just doesn't work. They don't lock the legs slide up inside the, inside themselves and you cannot use the tripod you have to yeah, clean them it's just it's just a a pain and to, to try and force it to work or to whatever you can muster to think about 
It's not worth it. Yeah, just because spend 20, what is it, 20 minutes to clean it, and, you know, it's fine. Yeah, because what it. will happen is you will over-tighten, and you'll you'll totally screw up the threads. Right. And you'll, you'll break the uh, little seals on the, uh, the, the little lock parts, the, twi- the right. twisty part. Horrible. And that is one big advantage. I know there's a big, uh, sometimes there's a deb- debate for the uh, click-type uh, tripods and the twist, sure. twist type. Mm-hmm. The, the click type would be a nightmare to clean after a seascape sh- shot. That's why the uh, twist mm-hmm. types are much, much better for that type of photography. Well, I think there's a lot more of a metal piece, you know, because usually the bolts that are in the click type mm-hmm. or lever type, however you want to call it. Yeah. That's more of a standard metal that's going to corrode super quick where the other ones, there's more plastic, carbon fiber, maybe a little bit of aluminum, but you're not going to have that metal corrosion. Yep. And if you put some uh, uh, bearing grease on threads when you re- no, reinstall, yeah, absolutely. reinstall it, it's actually better than when you get it from the factory right out of the mm-hmm. box, mm-hmm. because now you have that little bit of uh, lubrication, which actually acts as a barrier for the next time. And you'll actually notice the next time you go out, it's not as much of a pain to clean. That's right. And yep. specifically, since you and I both shoot with Enduro, they they recommend one called Sil Glide, S-Y-L Glide is there or s-i-l s-y or i-l doesn't matter you can find it at an auto parts store oh i did not know that it's yeah i don't know i thought any silicone or lithium grease or whatever silicone grease i guess is what it is i figured anything would work fine but when i was communicating with them on email they were just like no you got to use the sil glide i was like oh that's fine you know it's like three bucks for a tube okay it doesn't it's it's nice and cheap I would imagine to definitely whatever you use to stay away from anything petroleum based because that would totally break down the plastics. You don't right. want that. Yeah, yeah. good point. Mm-hmm. Anything else about your trip or other other locations, landscape spots you've been to you, you want to toss out there? Well, like I said, I'm fairly new to photography, but every time I go out on a uh, trip, it's like I need some raw data because, as you know, I'm kind of a Photoshop nut. So Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, Kauai. Hawaii was actually a beautiful, great location. They're, I mean, they're all beautiful in their own right. Yeah. I was down also down with you down in South Carolina. Yeah, I was just going to mention, Charleston, you went to some of the, the plantations and, and the like down there. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit more challenging uh landscape wise because there's a lot of that broken light when you're in those in the uh like the magnolia plantation Mm -hmm. with the trees and and that's filtering through the leaves Mm -hmm. yeah that would have probably been ideal and this is not usually what you want for an uh for landscape but overcast days for that would have probably been a lot better to have that nice soft light oh yeah because the sky wasn't obviously a, a big feature there at all right so yeah, that harsh sunlight coming through, the way your eye sees it and the way the camera records it are two different things. And it two just, very different things. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's where, you know, we can get tempted to say, oh, I'll, I'll post-process this or I'll, you know, I'll double process or whatever. And if you're using the same frame and you're double processing, you can probably get something to work out. But sometimes the contrast is just still too great. It's, too much. It just doesn't exactly. look good if you're doing a single frame. And you can't do a double frame because especially those trees, the way that, you know, the wind is blowing them and you just get, it just doesn't line up or nothing. So it just doesn't work. And, um, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's a great point because I actually, uh, one, a few of the images, we just have just that little bit of light filtering through. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I dual process, but I'd bring the exposure down as much as you possibly can. 
but it just it's that dynamic range is just too much for one file. You're going right. to have some blown out highlights, and it just has it just doesn't look right, you know? Yeah, yeah. When I was there, I got there a little early, and uh, I think you had gotten there during the rainstorm too. But I was at one of those plantations during that rainstorm, and so I was having a good time shooting that day because it was overcast. Okay. But then the rain hit. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that right. was rough. Yeah, that'll pretty much shut down everything. Yeah, especially when it's that bad. Yeah. Well, is there any place we can find you online? Are you on like 500px or anything yeah. else along those lines? Uh, one thing that's very good about using an odd name because Pex is actually an abbreviation for my real last name. Sure. But I, I can be found online, just Brian Pex anywhere. Facebook, okay. uh, Instagram, 500px, and uh, even my, well, my outdated website, I need to update that. I'm going to get out to work on that after this, you know. We uh, oh, you and me both. I, yeah, I keep saying, I keep saying that'll be a summer project, but then yeah. other things go. happen. That's what, that's what it's going to be. But that one is actually <laughs> pexphoto.com, which is another oh, okay. easy one to remember. Pexphoto.com, all one word. So, yeah, Brian Pex anywhere I can be reached. and uh, Cool. Yeah, I'm going to be working on some uh, videos post-production pro, because I see there's, there's like a gap between the nuts and bolts of photography, right. Photoshop and then the creative side. And I kind of want to put them together. Okay, you know? cool. But uh, I, as long as I don't procrastinate that as well. <laughs> mm, yeah, and that, that can be too easy to do, whether you're out shooting or doing other yeah, stuff, you know, working, living life. <laughs> working 50 hours a week on my real Oof. job is kind of tough also. Yeah. Yeah, all right but uh yeah well thanks so much for joining me brian it's been great to to have you on yeah great to hopefully i'll see you again out in walla walla we'll go to the uh maple counter again and get a nice breakfast oh you betcha come on down or we can go to bacon and eggs that's supposed to be another good place there we go don't uh, get me <laughs> are you gonna be in las vegas i i was thinking of closing it up but i just got another question are you gonna be in las vegas uh for the uh, retreat again yeah, I should definitely be out there for next uh, March. Yeah, I'd yeah. Say, I always got to line it up with what vacations I can get, but I should definitely be able to uh, yeah. take that and get out there for that. Uh, that, that should be a blast out there. Although, gambling and me, I got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, by, bypass the the casino floor and and just go to the uh, go to the photo sessions and play it safe there. There you go. Exactly. Cool. Always a good time. Well, thanks again. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, find us online, you know, Pex Photo and all the other places for Brian there that he mentioned. Just search his name, Brian Pex. You can find me at various locations, whether it's brentbergram.com. Uh, you can find me at latitudephotographypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Please uh, share and tell your friends and subscribe to the show. And until next time, happy shooting. Happy shooting.